Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Back to the Dr. Super Coach podcast. You're on once again with Cheezo, and I'm currently sitting with royalty. It's Super Coach Mama, the winner of Super Coach AFL in 2021. Mama, great to have you on. Uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, I know a lot of us know who you are. It's basically impossible to escape you on Twitter at this point. <laughs> I noticed that your um, thanks to everyone has just cracked 1,000 likes. 1,000. Uh, that's, that's crazy. That's that's got to be the better – that's better than winning Supercoach right now. You're basically an influencer. <laughs> yes, totally. And just went to I get my, um, <laughs> my yoga and my chi shakes going and uh, my special headwear. I don't know. Um, yes, no, it's pretty exciting. <laughs> no, that's good. Uh, so what team do you support? Uh, how long have you been playing Supercoach? And uh, maybe a little bit of behind the scenes about how someone talked you into playing again this year. <laughs> yes, um, so I barrack for West Coast, that's a lie. I barrack for cats. <laughs> <laughs> I barrack for the cats. Um, I'm, yes, been a Geelong supporter all my life. Um, and I've been, oh, going to the coach. Uh, well, I started in 2013 and then um, I kind of dabbled. And then I just realised I just didn't play for two years. And then I went, or three years, and then went back in 2016. And, uh, yeah, and then did quite well and then did my second best year. I was 690th in 2017 or 18. Yeah, so here I am. Um, what else That's was good. the questions? Oh, who convinced me? <laughs> Are you trying? <laughs> I, don't, I can't remember. Maybe it was you. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, it's not like I'm trying to claim credit or uh, feel like that I'm responsible. <laughs> for, no, no. Um, and uh, I, I just want to uh, – I've joined in on the celebrations, obviously, um, having uh, uh, something to celebrate with you. I've got a furphy with me in ode to uh, 100% Victorian, born in Geelong. Yes. Uh, I, thought, I thought that that would be an appropriate uh, beverage to join in on the Supercoach Mama conversation. Um, let's shout out some numbers. 53,000. 859 points in this year of 2021, 162 points ahead of second, scored 24-91 in the final round to get you across the line. Team value, $13,924,100. I know that's extremely important to you, Em, getting close to the 14 mil mark. Um, 
For PEO, don't get that money. (laughs) Number one rank. Yeah, imagine that. Number one rank overall. Let's run through your side. We've got uh, in the defense line, Rory Laird, Jaden Short, Lockie Whitfield, Jordan Ridley, Stephen May, uh, Tom Stewart on the bench with Kieran Briggs and Aiden Fife. Uh, Was Fife a loophole since the beginning of the year? Since the beginning of the year. And Bryce Mitchell, if you're listening, yes, I should have listened to you. The DP (laughs) and mid was handy, but Aiden Fife played every... Saturday afternoon, <laughs> every Saturday afternoon, even when the fixtures changed, he played Saturday afternoon. So bloody useless, really. But I wasn't. He, he wasn't useless. But <laughs> got the captain's armband, I'm sure, at some point. In the midfield, we have Jack Steele, Jack McRae, Tom Mitchell, Clayton Oliver, Zach Merritt, Sam Walsh, Jared Lyons, and Marcus Bontempelli. On the bench, we've got Jeremy Sharp, John Newcomb, and Trent Bianco. In the ruck line, Max Gorn, Brody Grundy, and Jacob Edwards as another loophole. And in the forward line, we have Aaron Hall, Dane Zorko, Jordan Dugowie, Patrick Damage. This, is this Jake Stringer? Do I, is Jake Stringer in your forward line? Yes, I started him. It's been great. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jake Stringer, Tom Hawkins, and on the bench we've got Alec Waterman and Finn Lay McRae. Um, the first thing I noticed with that, M, where's the, the Swans in defence? Uh, did you go swanless all year? I went swanless all year. Wow. Wow. Inspired. <laughs> That's huge. Yes, I went swanless all year. Um, yes, um, we might talk about this later, but I was very close of breaking that and getting one swan in mm. at the end. Mm. The last round. The seagull, the bugger. I I totally understand coming from a Geelong perspective, it's really hard to pick any Swans players after the Nick Davis incident. I I can totally sympathise with you there. Like It must be a very sharp thorn in your side. Um, I I guess that leads into the next question, if there's anything different that you did this year. Obviously, Jake Lloyd is such a a mainstay of our defence lines over many, many years at this point. Um, Was it just his price that kind of put you off? starting him and then kind of finding a reason to pick him up as the year progressed? Yeah. Yep. So there was two reasons. He was just too expensive. Um, I just kind of had him on my side. I never had Neil on my side. I always thought he was too expensive. And then there was just the injury room with Neil. But then Lloyd, a couple, like last, the week before preseason, he had like, oh, I can't even remember. Was it an ankle? He had something a bit NQR that I'm like, ooh. And I'm like, I have a little, <laughs> little siren which is going, I'm like, no, out, go away. Um, I'm maybe two weeks away from my, my side. But um, but what I did different this year, um, I almost quit. I actually legitimately <laughs> almost quit. And I think maybe around, I think it was Australia Day, I started my team. I listened to one of your pods, actually, one of the Dr. Mm. Supercoach pods. And I just did a team. And then I put it away. And then um, then it was, it was actually my first preseason in Slack and um, listened to all all, I reckon, maybe I missed one, um, Dr. Daily Dr. Doses, Dr. Daily Doses, <laughs> um, but they were really, really great. Um, they just got me ticking, and obviously, we couldn't, like, pick all 30, obviously, um, but I just made me think of who I wanted and made me just, yes, made, made me um, think of the pros and cons and really helped me. Um, identify that and then I made you know my own decisions and that kind of thing and I really tried not to do the thing I did two things I tried not to do that thing with your team where it's just like a revolving door you're like in out yep. in out in out and then you, you have a team you don't even recognize I really yeah, try not to do that you don't know how you that. got there yeah you don't know how you got there Jake Stringer no <laughs> <laughs> um and then another thing I did was I um what was the other thing? Oh, my goodness. What was the other thing I did? Um, the other thing I did was I did not tr- do a last-minute significant trade last week before lockdown, lockout. So I did like a couple of um, – I think Jake Lloyd, kicking Jake Lloyd out of my team was one of the last things I did, and then I shuffled things around. But um, rookies were the only things I changed the night before lockout. And that was the first time ever. I always did a significant change. I'm like, no, no, I'm going to – Get yeah, Italian instead of McRae or whatever it was I did a couple of years ago. And I always chose the wrong one. And they'll make just random things that, you know, quarter to seven, we're, we're always offbeat. So I yeah. tried to stay away from that. 
Um, I, I want to ask you this. Obviously, with the shortened quarters in 2020, we had such kind of inflated and crazy prices this year. Um, do you sort of see yourself as your starting squad was really well aligned to kind of um, find the value that was hiding amongst all that? Because it was really easy to uh, pick the likes of Lloyd um, and, and and Gorn and these kind of guys and, and end up with not a whole salary cap. How much did you kind of, uh, do your importance to winning do you kind of put to having a really good starting side and inf- and being influenced by um, trying to find the, the value in terms of um, prices coming back into 2021? Yeah, no, my starting side really, really helped, I think, because because um, I was, I think I was 200th in the second round. I, that's the, yeah. so I was 7,000th the first round, and then I was 200th in the second round, and that's as high as I ever got, which is ridiculous. Yeah. My starting side was the reason why I'm here, um, yeah. which, I mean, I can, I, we can talk about hours and hours and hours how – I chose it. But to be honest, there's luck in this. And I keep saying that. I was, I, like, it was 50-50 decision between Impey and Dow. Seriously, legitimately 50-50. And I went with Impey. Like, I chose, I chose Walsh over Crisp. I chose, maybe that wasn't 50-50 decision. But there was all these things that I made that was like 60-40, 60-40. And I made the right one, funnily enough. But value was very, very important. Um, and I chose someone a bit more ris- risque in every line. Just yeah. one, just one. So Taranto, which I don't know. We could, look, he wasn't a disaster. I traded him out before he got 60s because <laughs> he was going 80, 90, 95, you know, occasional 100 for me. He wasn't a disaster. He didn't get injured. I, I'm actually going to call him as a win. I got him for four. I don't know. I, yeah. wrote, I wrote it here, 468. Look, I, I sold him for 530 um, and he got me 95s, 100s. Um, and I sold him just before he got those 60s. Um, so, and then Butters was one of the other ones um, that um, was more of a risk. And I loved owning owning Butters. And JB was really talked him up. And I love, I love that um, yeah tip from JB. Um, and I was just shattered when he got injured. Mm. Um, and then Short was probably my other one in my defence line. And look, he gave Mum 117 this last weekend. And uh, I even wrote on um, on our Slack, and I'm like, have my babies changed? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like 117 from a guy's averaging 95. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's what Jaden Short kind of does, doesn't he? He's got the the a little bit of a ceiling, but not as high as some of the other guys. But he just keeps getting it a, a really good floor, I think, is what I found with Jaden Short this year, which I, um, I really, really appreciate it. Uh, so I guess... Uh, your starting side, we've talked about that a little bit. Um, did you pay more attention to uh, maybe logically trying to break down a player and why their role might work for your side, or did you trust the preseason eye test where you watched some of the preseason games and said, yep, this kind of fits the bill? Uh, was it a combination of both? How did you kind of land on, say, a Taranto pick, for example, um, in your starting squad? Yes. Now, preseason's a long time ago. And I think I really tried to do a lot of role change, the history, um, numbers pre-season if they've got injuries or not. I really put a lot of emphasis, um, yeah, really looked at that really closely. And then the eye test, I think I did. Like, But do you know what? I don't know. I don't, it's, it's a bit of a falsehood because I, it's the reason why I got danger in my team. And I know it's not his fault that he got suspended. But, I mean, it is his fault, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's entirely I mean, his fault. <laughs> what I meant was I didn't know, like, it wasn't an injury. Um, but, yeah, but, um, so um, I can't remember. Butters, he did well in preseason, didn't he, I think. Yeah. And so that convinced me to pick him to go with that tip. Um, so, yes, a little bit. I, rec- I reckon if we're going to talk about 70-30, I reckon 70% is the numbers, the role, the value, how are they all fit as one, and then just that eye test. Yeah. Um, I guess the next thing, you're mentioning like you had danger to start the year, you had butters. Even number one overall is not immune to injuries and things going wrong, and I think that's a testament to um, everyone out there that's kind of like, oh, my year didn't go perfect, therefore um, I need to give up in round eight, nine, or ten. Mm-hmm. I think this is a testament that if you keep 
um, putting an effort and making really, really good positive decisions for your side over the long term, you will trend to port towards that pointy end. And it's not like that you had a free ride the whole year. And I, I know you had some really, really difficult decisions uh, in terms of upgrade. I'm going to bring one up now. Uh, I think it was round seven or round eight. You were tossing and turning, and you've just mentioned you don't get crazy right before lockout. There was one time this year you got crazy right before lockout, and that I was did. to bring in Bont. Yes, it was, and I got crazy to you. I was, I was just, I was just cray cray, wasn't I? You, yep. We were just, yeah. I was literally cray cray, and then I traded, and literally I say don't do this, and I was like, I did it one minute before lockout. I traded Bont, and then I'm like, mm. you idiot! You just said. <laughs> $600,000 on a player. And this is when everyone's like, value, 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 value. Oh, we don't have any money. No one's earning cash. <laughs> that's no one in particular, by the way. Um, and um, that's actually the voice my, I use for my husband. He tells me But, um, so, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, value, 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 value. Um, and, um, and I'm like, you just spent 600 grand on one player. And then I'm like, you should have got Brayshaw or Houston. Hmm. Would, would have been fantastic decisions for your side. I'm sure you'd be in the exact same position if you had those. Um, and I, I remember you being a little bit... Uh, look, we've all had this decision, even in terms of VC and C options, where last second you've got a really good feeling or a really bad feeling about someone, but you know the logic is dictating put the VC on, say, uh, you know, McRae against Port in the week just gone. Ordinarily, we'd be totally happy, but... You know, myself, I had the, this feeling that I was like, I, I just, I can't predict which one of the guys are going to go big in this game. It turns out it was Wines. I don't own Wines, you know. Um, in this particular situation, I think it was really important that we don't just kind of isolate it into a one-week thing. I, I know you were um, not so much beating yourself up a little bit, but when Bont got 107, you're a little bit... Um, disappointed and like, oh, the season's over and this kind of stuff. And then he's gone 155, 128, 159, 125, 149, 143, 156. Uh, I feel like that's a positive trade. Yes, it was. That that trade is my best trade because um, – so just going back into injuries, something that I reflected on is I actually used those injuries. So um, – now, when I uh, forget who got injured first. I think it was Butters. Was it Butters or Dunkley? One of them, and I got Oliver. I traded I traded Jordan, actually, which was one of my boo-boos. But I traded mm. and I got Oliver, and then, then the next forward got injured, and I actually um, I traded Golden, and I got Zorko for 487, and I got Bont for 600,000 in the same trade in round seven. So that was my best. Even though they've been quiet in the last month, that move, I think, helped me in the middle. So I had players yeah. like Dunkley and Butters um, and MP help me in the start, and then those guys really helped me in the middle. Yeah. Okay, so um, what I've picked up from there is you actually traded Jordan really, really early. He probably would have been, you know, 210,000. 210. <laughs> So uh, not a whole, you know, he's peaked in the mid 300,000. So um, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be hamstrung if you, you know, early cash out one of these rookies, as long as you're still trying to find the, the best cash generation going around and finding some value along the way, you can sort of work that into there because um, you've ended up where you've ended up at the top, getting bond uh, at 600 plus thousand, using someone like Jordan that had so much more cash to still sort of make. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, I actually thought Jordan, because Jordan kept getting, he like he got 50 what, the week after and I was like patting myself on the back. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then he went and got 80s and 90s and I'm just like. For like two months. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like, no, that's it. That's it. That's going to, you know, that decision is going to bite him on the back. Mm. So I think you're right though. You can't. Very easy, and I think something you told me several, several times was no regrets. Yeah, that's <laughs> you <know> it. The, <laughs> no regrets, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, as long as you know you're making positive decisions, you, you should the sleep at night factor shouldn't be affected uh, in, in my kind of view. Um, so we've talked a little bit about your starting squad. Did you have a, a favourite pick at all, someone that you were really happy that you started with? Yeah. Um, I Look, you can't. Zeeble was probably just immense, amazing for the price. Yeah, really. early on too. 
early on he was just amazing. But um, I think Dunkley, like not many people started, I don't know, Dunkley, and it was just really exciting and he was just doing mm. really well. He's probably, even though he got injured really early. Um, yeah, my favourite, my favourite, um, Jake Stringer, no. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, no, I, I've got to, yeah, I feel like I want to be a bit boring. Maybe Zeeble. Maybe we'll go with Zeeble. Yeah. That's a bit boring. But. You need those those blue-collar chips to kind of boost that side up. You can't have um, points of difference all over the field. Um, I guess the next thing, uh, something that's really, really common, particularly on Twitter, is to fight about the relevance of planning for the buyers. Did you have any kind of foresight to maybe I might not pick this player because I'm going to be too round 14 heavy? Was there any consideration or um, just basically pick the best players that you were looking at? Yeah, so I think I really try to buy, uh, do the best plays and then you do like the buy thing and go how heavy you are. And then I don't really worry about the buys and then it starts getting to round six, round seven when you're starting to bring in, oh, sorry, even round nine, round ten when you start bringing in players, I start going, right, I've got too many, I've got too many um, round 13 players. <laughs> you need to not bring any more round 13 players. And the really funny thing is I bought steel. I'm just looking at this now. He was a steal for round, round 13. I'm like, Dusty Steel, Dusty Steel. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go steal because Dusty's got the round 13 bar, which he didn't end up having the round 13 bar. But we didn't know that. But I actually ended up – Steel was actually my best mid-season trade, actually, without even – he got he was, he had got him for 563 in round 11. And he's okay. been one of my best performers. I'm going to make since. you immediately recant that. Uh, let's talk about forwards that we might have picked on early, uh, you know, round oh, seven, yes. eight, nine. Oh, any, yeah, no. any forwards that you, uh, you know, maybe got ahead of the pack and got a few good scores yeah. before anyone else? Can I take a whole pass on that, please? <laughs> <laughs> um, Aaron Hall, you were one Aaron of the Hall. early adopters. What, what got was. you across the line and uh, um, well, how early did me. you get on? I, I got him. I got when, – when did I get in? I'm looking at it now. I – Got Hall in round nine. Got him round nine for four hundred nineteen thousand. I got him a week after Pistol got him. I think for four thirteen. And I looked yep. it up, um, and I was on the real early, early like four, five, three percent. This was like on the one percent. Not um, even that. It's at zero point five percent of teams had him the week that you brought him in. Oh really? Yeah. You brought him in for round nine. At the end of round nine, he had uh, 2.5% of team. So you were really early adopting. Wow. Yes. Um, I needed a forward. I really needed a forward. Um, Scott was just being pathetic and wrote, unlike Rail Row. Um, yeah. yeah. And uh, I just needed a forward and I just, I don't know, I just went for it. And um, I think Webdog, I'm, um, I'm using all the names, um, he actually – He's a North supporter, and then he actually looked up Aaron Hall's injury history and about negativity he had, but actually talked about it and how he didn't actually have too many soft tissue injuries. Mm. So it was all um, this weird one-off stuff. Yeah, and then mental health stuff, and you know, and I'm like, you know what? And starting a new year afresh, and like so I've had someone not necessarily had mental health, but I had phys- you know, I had glandular, which I talked in. Um, um, in my last podcast um, with Rosanna, um, AFL was obsessed, and um, and I, I'm like, you know what, you're, you're looking great. You're looking great, mm. Aaron. You know, I'm like, you know what, um, if that's if that's what you know brought you out, and like you, you've got a new role, you've got a, you know, you're playing amazing. And I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you in. And it was maybe a bit of a yeah, a bit of a, a guess, but because he was defender and playing that seagull role, I think that's yeah. what. If it, Brought me, yeah, got me in. But I had no idea. I was so such an early, early adopter. It's it's obviously a risk when you're getting on someone like Hall. And what I personally found is I ended up getting on a lot later than, um, say, you, for example, or Pistol, primarily because my inherent bias is Hall's a bad player. Hall is injury prone. Hall is. Um, he never plays a full season. You can't rely on him. This is a new role. How long is it going to last? And it probably one of the things I could learn from is 
just the eye test sometimes is right. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you just, I turned the TV on and I was like, I'm going to watch this game just for the sake of looking at Hall. Bruise free, out of the pocket, chipping backwards and forwards behind, behind Zeeble. And that one game, I watched two quarters and I was sold. I can't even yeah. remember who they were playing. They were playing someone like Collingwood and he scored 113, 114, something like that. And I was just were like, yeah, no, this is it. This is the real thing. He's got a really good kick on him and he was just, he just looks so comfortable in the back, doesn't he? And um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, no, exactly. That's when the eye test, the eye test, yeah, is really important. But um, I think it's good mid-season. I reckon it's a it's a false negative at the st- pre-season, personally. Yeah. Like, it, it definitely can, but um, there's definitely other factors in play. But if you've seen someone in mid-season with their role that they're going to play, I think that's a great, a great indicator. Yeah. We've talked a little bit about um, how you went early on in the year and uh, you, your process towards getting towards the buys. Um, with the extra couple trades that we got um, as some fixtures were moved, did you have any specific um, plan for those? I, I know you would have um, had a plan in place for having 30 trades and how you were going to negotiate the buys and things like that. Was there anything different that you, you kind of – did you use them just a shotgun between premiums to have an extra big gun during one of the rounds or was there – just kind of worked in naturally into your team? Well, I could smell trades on Friday. I could smell them coming. <laughs> um, I know that sounds really bizarre, but I could just – I just had this this feeling and, like, I was just reading Twitter and everything and I'm just like, there are trades are coming. And I'm like, I'm trading Grundy out. And um, and I just want to – I want to um, say um, – a shout out from Adam for yeah, Super Coach Talk. If that's okay, cheese. I know you know yeah, Adam. Yeah, Death Adder. Yeah, Death Adder. Yes, right. Um, he told me on like Tuesday. He mess. He DM'd me and said, "You need to get Nick Nat. You need to trade Grundy for Nick Nat." And I'm like, "Yeah, Nick Nat." And I'm like, "Nick Nat." Like, <laughs> it's like someone telling me to trade in Jake Stringer. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> he could get injured. And like. He could just get injured. He could just just get out for the whole season kind of injured. And I'm just like, oh, I don't, I don't know about that. And then I could smell trades coming. And I'm like, yeah, 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 I'm trading. I'm trading Grundy to Nick Nat. Um, and, um, and I did. And that was really quite successful, actually. And I wish I kept Nick Nat. It was just bloody, he had a bloody round 14 buy and it was just, I traded him out and I kept um, Flynn, who was actually playing and doing okay. So, But I wish I just kept him and didn't bother about getting Grundy in. Yeah. But anyway, that's that's a question I think for later, what are, what are one of my regrets and mistakes. Um, but that's one of them is – but I, I would have got a zero, so he probably worked out. Yeah, I, I know that you're, you've talked about that you've done a bit of an aggressive move there, but I also note that you had a trade left going into the final round. There weren't many of the top um, 30 of us coaches that had a trade. I know I was going, that whole last month I didn't have a trade and was just kind of holding on to uh, by the, uh, uh, flying by the seat of my pants sort of thing. Um, was there times in the, well, talk to me about your trading structure. Is it something, you know, we see a lot of coaches that are high up in the ranks earlier, kind of turning over those trades really, really frequently early on, or were you one of, one of the adopters of, you know, kind of holding back, just letting people appreciate a little bit and then kind of swapping, you know, around six, seven and onwards. So what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, um, I'm usually I'm a reformed trader. Um, <laughs> so when, like, to give you a bit of insight, when Pistol would say he, he ran out of trades, I was like, me too, Pistol. <laughs> 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 like, you know, round seventeen, you ran out of trades. Yeah, it's fun, isn't it? Um, so literally, that was me. Like, and if I looked at my rank for a couple of years, I'd be three hundredth in like around 18, 17, 18 for 400, yeah. you know what I mean? And then I'd run out of trades and then I'd go finish 2,000th, 3,000th, which is fine, but I ran out of trades. Um, this year, I, it's really because of my starting team. I didn't have yeah. – and I think in the past I've been like FOMO of like missing out. I have to get that player. But I happened to have that player, so I didn't have to do that. But it kind of taught me to be patient, you know, mm-hmm. just be patient with your with your player. So 
um, it's the first time I didn't trade in round one. I didn't trade in round one. I made one trade in round two. I made one trade in round four. I didn't trade at all in round three. So, And that's my trades there, and I would trade it pretty much twice every time. And then when um, I could with buys, I, I didn't trade once in round 30 when I could have. So pretty much from then on, and then I started to slow down at the end. But that was the start. That's where my I saved my trades was at the start. Yeah. Okay. So if I, if I'm I'm reading between the lines, you've nailed your your starting squad. You've picked a couple of really good uh, good players. You copped a couple injuries that that's all you've done to fix up with those early trades. You've just let that cash generate, um, and then once it's got to upgrade season, you've not held back and just kind of gone you know bang, getting the right players at the right time, um, and not just trading to anyone because you have a trade available and everyone else is trading around you. You're still picking the right players that are presenting value at the right time. Yeah, try, really, try, really trying to. Um, yeah, definitely. Did you want to talk about the last trade now or you want to leave that for later? I, I, we're going to get straight into it. The last trade, uh, you held up your sleeve very, very late into the round. Uh, you were worried about a bit of carnage and who did you bring in? <laughs> I um, Can I rewind? Can we rewind <laughs> to last to the last round? <laughs> Please. Uh Thank you for asking me about round twenty-two, Tuesday. Um, so <laughs> Tom Stewart was an was an out. So I try I chose not to trade Tom Stewart, even though I knew it was a long-term injury yep. for the last round. Little did I know that Stephen May the next day, may he rest in peace. No, he's fine. Um, he was laid out, and I was actually in lawn between the uh, twenty-three hours in regional Victoria. We could actually go out of the house. So I went to lawn that weekend and I was literally, it was sun was shining, the sun, I had a cider, I had prawns. Stephen May is out. And I'm just like, you freak out now. You freak out. You freak out. <laughs> and then I'm like, damn it. This is, I have eight hours with my husband by myself for the first time in like 16 months. And Stephen May is out. And I've got to be poker face and isn't this life amazing? And I'm like, oh my goodness, super coach. <laughs> And I'm just like, Stephen May is getting rested, Emily. They have found out that there is no buy after the rounds. He's getting rested. Do not trade in because he's going to play next week. You need him next week. There's nothing you're going to do. You've got to, let, you've got to eat the donut. And so I put my phone down, had my cider, enjoyed my lunch. Um, but anyway, so I left my last trade because I was expecting carnage. I was expecting Stephen May carnage. Um, was there carnage to you, though? Uh, there was a bit, let me say. Yeah, we lost Zebel in the forward line. Well, that's true. That's true. Thank you for reminding me of that. And uh, I, I, know, I know that you didn't have any of the Swans players, but a couple of us copped that in the same round as well, just mind you. Yes, yeah, that's true. Not the not the round 23, though. But, yes, no, Zebel was out, though. Zebel was out. But no late, no, there was no late outs. Um, so I did a lot. I did a lot of... Uh, experimenting i even i think i messaged you with one of my experiments but i discovered for the first time that you could use dual position player you could move players i never realized you could do that full circle <laughs> i did it like three a, a, times. Tri a triple dpp move i did a triple dpp move mm -hmm. so i moved so i had stewart in my back line and i had briggs in my back line and i moved stewart all the way from Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today my mids via 
um, via Bianco, Bianco to my defence, and then McRae to my mid, and then he travelled all to my forward line, and then I moved Briggs into my forward line and traded, and I could have traded him to Chris. So I did a three DPP, and it was the first time I discovered I could actually do that. Um, so you learn there's something new every time. But it left me very bare, very naked, very bare in the midline. Even yeah. though Bianco scored, what did he score? A 24? So really, bugger. 28, yeah. <laughs> so, so he basically really, didn't play. So he basically didn't play. So I really should have just done that. I could have done Lloyd, um, move Briggs into my um, forward line and get Lloyd, which, you know, he only scored, what, 150 <laughs> 154, <laughs> yep. 154, and then I could have traded to Marshall, which would have been the move to do. But again, I was just so worried about that bloody Essendon game and about if Essendon were already in the eight and if, you know, Ridley could have had a little, little, you know, a little something in his leg and then going, oh, you know what, we're in the eight, leave him for t- next week, and I would have had a donut in the defence. And I'm just, I just, and I probably, I would have still won, but... Um, I just couldn't risk it. So I went with someone really safe and reliable. <laughs> the package. I, the package. He's delivered for you. He has. He's got, like, scored, like, 12 in the first quarter. Yeah. And I, I went to the supermarket, actually. I actually went to the supermarket and I bought washi powder. My husband says this, I tell this story. I went to the supermarket and bought, went to the weekly shop. And um, and then that's when uh, Supercoach Data actually DM'd me and he says, I think you've won. And I went, I've won. And then Stringer actually, he actually started playing and he started kicking goals. So, yes, so I finished my side with Jake Stringer in my team. Mm. So uh, just to summarise that, you had that one last trade. You had multiple yes. potential donuts in your side depending on who was playing, who was not playing, what kind of yes. DPP you used. You elected to wait really, really late into the round. Yes. Uh, and because Zeeble um, or the North were playing the last game, he gave you the ability to bring someone in the forward line if you were using him to trade. Um, yes. Ordinarily, you could have swapped, uh, say, Tom Stewart for Jake Lloyd and ended up with a 154, but you couldn't have you know, predicted that somewhere else you could have had a laid out and ended up with a donut regardless. So uh, I think that's a really, really clever on your behalf that, you know, holding that trade for as long as possible may be something that we can take into, um, you know, a lot of coaches that trade at the start of before Friday lockout can take into next year um, is, you know, if you have that next kind of layer of complexity or, you know, idea of um, where you might most likely get that donut or that compromise in your side, leaving it till later in the round has obviously helped you out massively. And even though you didn't need Stringer at the end, it was just the icing on the cake, really. Yes, yes, it is. And I, um, I've i named this Cheezo. And it's You've called, named it. Yes. No, not not the package, but I've named, <laughs> I've named, I've named the ideal that I have. Sorry. <laughs> um, sorry. Uh, it's called Boo Boo. No. Um, I've named the ideal. It's called the Rabbit Hole... I have this rabbit hole. Um, this is a long name. There. I've got to. I've got to admit, this is a really long. <laughs> no, name. no, no, <laughs> no. Um, yes, if I, I, I have this mentality. I have this rabbit hole mentality, and I have it in my whole life. And it's probably served me really well with Supercoach until the very last round, where I am actually winning. And what it is is, you have an idea, and then you just go with that idea. And you go down that rabbit hole, and then what if that happens? What if that happens? That means that will happen. That will that will happen. Okay, and that's my whole life. And actually, I think Nico, who's number two, Stevie, um, said, "You think too much. You think too much, Emily." And I went, "You're just realising this now." And it's embarrassing. I'm really embarrassed to say, but I'm just going to tell how many people are listening. I'm probably the only person. I actually said in our DM. Um, that I'm the only person in the top 10. I'm probably the only person that has done this. Two weeks ago, I said to my husband, I said, oh, I have an Emily question for you. And he goes, oh, yeah. He knows exactly what that means. He's <laughs> like, who's going to die? Or what happens if one of our children lose a leg? Those questions. He just <laughs> knows exactly what those questions are. And I go, if I'm in a car accident, I am subconscious. What are you going to do about my super coach team? <laughs> 
I literally asked my husband that, right? And he goes, well, I'm not worrying about you, bloody super coach team. I'm worried about you. Thank you, darling. Love you. But um, do you know what I said? I said, okay, I'm unconscious. I'm okay, but I'm unconscious. You need to contact Chizo. I literally said that. <laughs> I said, you need to contact Chizo and tell him what's happening and he will help you. It's literally what I said. And I'm probably the only person that's ever done that plan, being first in the round coming. It was like, if I'm in a car accident, this is my mentality, Cheezer. This is what happened. So I was just on hyperdrive. I was just going crazy. Every scenario was going through my head, going into it. What if he gets out? What if he gets injured? What if he gets abducted by aliens? You know, you name it. No, I actually didn't think of that one. But um, just, yeah, anyway, I hardly slept on Saturday night. I really didn't because... It was just way, I was just my, yeah, I need, yeah. Need, need a good drink and a just a, a relaxing bath by the sounds of it. Uh, was this not the perfect opportunity to teach hubby about the VC? <sighs> yeah, no, I did. I, he, he does. He does. I did teach him. He still doesn't he get it. He could take over your does. side. I'm sure he'd be fine. Yes. He keeps <laughs> asking me, I VC, I VC someone. He goes, who can you VC next? And I just look at him and go, no, no. You've got to captain them after you. You only VC. get one. Yeah, I <laughs> But you can't VC again? No, you can't VC again. Anyway, he's right, learning. Uh, he's learning. Next thing, that just while I think of it, um, Dusty was obviously a highly owned player this year. Was he one that you avoided or one that you uh, you had to start the year or uh, changed around with? Uh, um, Dusty Martin. I chose Butters over Dusty. I think that was my rationale. Yeah. So you didn't have him all year? I didn't. Oh, no. I had him. I brought him in around 15. <laughs> you know this, you bugger. <laughs> oh, I'm just going to be really just pretend that you didn't bring him in. I brought him in and you brought Bolton and that went well, didn't it? No. Yeah, um, neither of us. <laughs> But again, it's I another, got to trade another, him to Digoey. <laughs> it's another example of um, you don't have to be perfect the entire year. There are things that will go sideways that will be 180 degrees different to what you expect them to be. Um, and we couldn't have expected what had happened to Dusty and he'd end up being a trade out. We just thought at worst case scenario, he might average 90, you know what I mean? So um, it's just another example that, you know, as long as you keep trying to make positive decisions as the year goes on, you should be sort of held in good stead. And I guess um, uh, that leads uh, into the next question. Uh, at what point in time did you really kind of, what round do you go, I'm actually in with a shot of being number one? Like I, I, you, you mentioned that the, you're 200th in round two. Was it really early on that you thought you were a legitimate chance to kind of take home the prize or did not let you kind of go down that rabbit hole in terms of getting your hopes up? No, I blocked that rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> I really tried not to think about it. Um, I really just tried, yeah, I just I just kept trying to do well. And I really, I think I kept telling you or some. Like lots of people that I'm going, like I looked at my my Twitter announcement. I'm like, this is the last time I'm this high. How great is this? I'm 98th. Yeah. This is the last time I'm 57th. This is the last time I'm 14th. How great! I'm 10th. This is the last. I wish I kept saying that. And I'm like, I I just really just waited for the plunge. I just yeah. waited for the plunge, and it, it well, it luckily didn't happen. I have a I have a funny story um, about when I actually thought I was actually on top and about how I changed what I was doing when I was on top. I actually didn't realise because I brought in Hawkins in round 14, uh, which, you know, <laughs> um, I have a history with Hawkins. Um, he kinda, he's got a good he run lets, coming up. He's got a good run coming up. And he just lets you down and you still love him. Um I went in round 14. I didn't realise Hawkins was 5% owned. I actually had a pod and then I got a negative pod because um, he got me some 70s. But he's only 12% owned now. But um, he got really cheap. He dropped money. And actually top 10 or top 20, quite a lot of you guys had Hawkins in the end. Um, I don't know if they just bought him in because I had him. I have no idea. 
But no, he um, just presented a decent value because he'd come he off did, a 58 and a 60 um, when I was looking at him. Um, and so on the run home, he's had a, a couple of 120s and, and been reasonably decent apart from the fact he uh, gave me a heart attack by nearly getting suspended. Me too. Me too. Oh, danger. And Hawkins are, are possibly sus- suspended. I'm like, that's my grave. Digging it now. <laughs> I'll dig it myself. I'll get the shovel. Um Stuff rabbit holes. I'm digging a grave. Um, yeah, no, that's right. Anyway, so then when I traded Dusty um, out, um, I really made sure that I traded someone that other people owned. That's when I probably one of the first times I actually looked because I didn't spend a lot of time looking at other people's teams around me in the top ten. I really didn't. And like people were like, "Oh, so and so has so and so," and I'm like, "I'm playing my own game." And like that was the first time I went. Oh, he has to go. Oh, he has to go. I'm like, all right. It's a good I defensive move risk. if we pick yeah. him up. Yeah. Um, he was a good, he was the right one. It was a good pick anyway. Um, and there was the Kate court, the Kate court, the court case that never happened. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, so that was that was really good. Um, thank you, Nathan. That's also another plug. He's on Slack. Um, I forget I forget what you called us like, but um. And uh, but that he told he convinced me to go to Goey, so that was yeah. But that was the first time I actually looked at what other people were doing as well. Um, yeah, it's definitely more of a um, uh, rather than picking someone that may have been a pod going up against a Goey who'd come into a good role, good form since Buckley left. It was just mm. that defensive move, cancel out this potential, um, you know, really high-scoring pot at the back end of the year to kind of solidify that your spot and hope that the remainder of your side was better than theirs and able to kind of, you know, force them to just be that stopgap they just couldn't over, you know, leapfrog you with. Yeah, that's right. I, mm. I've never really been. I know it sounds weird. I'm not a competitive person. I know that sounds really bizarre. But I'm not really a competitive person, and it was only until the last round that I was like, ooh, I'm doing this. No, I'm not doing this. Like, it's not in my blood to be, yeah. um, you know, believe it or not, I wear my heart on my sleeve. Did you know that? I, I couldn't tell, actually, Emma. <laughs> so, thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> so for me to be, and, like, um, I just wanted – I just love super coach. I just wanted to yeah. do well. I just – I didn't really want to be, you know, I have to beat that person, and – you know, I know the name, you know, and, like, I was heartbroken when Mills got out because of COVID and Clay, um, he was number one at the time and we were no- I was number two. And I was number one because of that. I just felt sick in my stomach for him mm. about that, about that. And you know what? If Mills played, um, I know he got injured, but if he actually played when he those weeks that he got out, Clay would have been probably number one. Yeah. So... Yeah, I, I like to be. Yeah, I, I'm not. I don't really. You're not competitive or kind of. Yeah, that kind of person. I, I just want to. You know, let's all be friends. But I win. Ha ha ha. I feel. I feel like this is just making up for uh, all the amount of bragging we're going to have in the in the Slack channel in the preseason for about three months. Just super coach mama number one every time you comment something. Hey, um, I do want to get your philosophical kind of take on it. Uh, everyone has their sorts of ways that they do their captaincy loopholes and things like that. Do you have a, a threshold for your VC? Do you look at averages of players that you have to choose between versus the score you have as your VC? Talk to me you know, about your captaincy strategy. Yeah, so it's really funny. I don't know if Pistol still does this, but I do what Pistol did like – 2020 or 2019 and I don't know that's not cool anymore but he did say <laughs> um because it, because JB was the one actually um so I used to at the start of the year I used to do someone really reliable as my VC rather than a rather than doing something that's got someone's got a really high ceiling I just did someone reliable so you could lock it in mm-hmm. and my point was is was just with the how the season was going, how injuries, especially the start of the year, there were injuries happening left, right, and center, and I was just worried about. And it happened, like Ridley happened. Like I wanted he twenty three, he got concussed in the first quarter. Yeah. Oh, um, that he could have been. I'm sure someone actually captained him. Um, and I just kept having that in my mind. I'm like, you need to lock it in. You really not. You need to lock it in. And like, 
Just my last round, I had Tom Mitchell 127. I was locking him in. If he got 107, I probably would have locked him in. I was just so nervous of captaining someone. Like, like poor Parrish. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, he didn't get injured, but that was just an example. And um, then later on, I just did what JB did because <laughs> he was really good at his captains. And I'm like, VC captains. And um, legit, from about round, because um, when he was on, from a, from halfway through the year, I'm like, that sounds good. I'll do that, and it really helped. And Pistol talked about what his score would be if JP, if you follow JB's kind of. Well, Pistol, I follow JB's. Please, <laughs> <laughs> mate, so Pistol, you need to listen to your own pod, mate. <laughs> um, That's I, right. I, the, the reason I sort of bring it up, Em, is uh, 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 Nico from uh, Supercoach Data put up the captaincy award, uh, I forget what he called it, uh, where he went through and found the best success rate of Supercoach players that have picked good VCs and Cs and things like that in, in terms of uh, what percentage of success. A lot of the absolute top coaches were nowhere to be found in terms of who had the best captaincy rates. And I think um, we can sometimes put a little bit too much emphasis on, uh, you know, take uh, Titch, for example, this week, he got 127. At least 50% of the people that had that VC were, oh, should I go this guy or should I go that guy? When, um, you know, to to use my example, um, I was really scared about falling outside of the top 10. And I actually called Pistol in the morning before the Saints and Freo game. And I said, do you think I should captain Darcy? And he said, look, the smart play here is you've got 127 from Titch. That's perfectly capable of keeping you inside of the top 10 especially if the rest of your side goes well. You know, there's no need to take that risk that could potentially have you finish outside of the top 15 when you're really much on the borderline with the 127 as you have. Uh, it turns out he probably saved my entire year by giving me that because I was probably 70-30 going Darcy. Just, you know, the whole season I've been take anything above 120 or take, you know, anything above the average of the player that you're considering, just take, you know, Um and, you know, we, we can kind of get sucked into that rabbit hole, as you say, about, you know, confirmation biasing ourselves into doing the risque or the dangerous thing half the time when, when you have that VC that seems to be good enough, it, it, you know, getting a, a 150 if you've got a 127 doesn't change your round all that much. You know, you get an extra 23 points by, by getting the captaincy on the 150, but putting the captaincy on someone that gets injured and gives you a 61, that changes it significantly. So I think the, the risk profile sometimes gets um, gets warped and um, particularly with the VC, it was really interesting to hear how you've actually changed the way you did it as the year went on. Um, but by having those two strategies in the back of your head, it actually gives you the ability to consciously go, you know, this is the week I'm going to take more risk because I really see a 150. And I think that's that, that's a really, really interesting point to make. You're not just sticking to one strategy at all. Yeah, no, you've got to be very adaptable and flexible. Um, and just well done, Pistol, for that advice. And I actually DM Pistol when you were actually hiking Chizo in the middle of nowhere um, and a couple of weeks ago as well. But um, Pistol gave me some really great sound advice. Yeah. Um, so I really appreciate it, Pistol. Okay, uh, next question. Uh, we're getting down to the last couple. If there's anything that you could do differently if you were going to do 2021 again, what would you do? I don't need to, do I? <laughs> so you, you're happy with everything that you've done this year, everything went perfect, you slept soundly at night, there were no worries? No, no, I couldn't, <laughs> no. <laughs> but um, all right, don't start danger. Mm-hmm. Just don't start him. Okay. Start, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Start parish. I could have, and then I could have moved the money, and I could have got um, and start instead of bloody Clark. Oh my goodness, have we forgotten yeah. that? Um, and see, is it CJ? CCJ. Yeah. Um, see, well, there's two of them. We they play for different clubs, and they've both been great for various sides. The defender. I should have yeah, started CJ. him. Yep. CJ instead of Clark. Um, and then hindsight's sorry. a wonderful thing, though. Like, is the yeah you know, we can we can sit here and say I wish I picked you know yeah. X to start the year versus yeah, Toronto, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah. in terms of lessons that you've taken this year, you're really confident that you've got everything down pat. There's nothing. There's you didn't notice any blind sides that uh, uh, that you learnt this year. 
Oh, any That's a tricky question. It is a question. It is a tricky question. I probably wasn't prepared enough for the bias, if I'm completely honest. If okay, I didn't get those go. two extra. If I didn't get those two extra trades, I probably would have been a bit more trouble. Yeah. Um, Particularly because getting um, Nick Nat actually would have further compromised your buys once his round changed to the later buy. Without those two extra trades, you were um, it. it to, to get rid of him again at, at a certain point would have really complicated things. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and, I, and, um, and I suppose my whole attitude in the past of bias is like, let it be, it's okay, just choose who you want. <laughs> like, you know, like I just need like that buzzer of like, sorry, you have too many round 13 players, try again. <laughs> Instead of like trading... Your Sorry. Siri voice is amazing. I wish that I could hear that more, actually. <laughs> Sorry, you have too many round 14 players. <laughs> Try again. Like, so how handy would that be? Mm. Like, you need more Essendon and Port players. Like- oh, no, we don't need that buzzer. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, that's, that's really you cool. Need- so uh, yeah, you're not super stringent on making sure that your buyers are to the letter, um, but you, you wish you kind of had prepared a little bit more so it wasn't just kind of... Uh, making it up as you go, as you entered the buys. Yeah, that's right. Maybe a little bit more structure. Um, yeah, cool. Can I do my Siri, bo- my Siri voice one more time? It's your please? podcast. You can do whatever you like. <laughs> you need Jake Stringer. <laughs> All right. Can we sound clip that and put that on Twitter? That'd be great. Um, uh, is there anyone going into 2022 that you have your eyes on? Are there any, any tasty selections that you're you're looking at? I was looking at... Butters, price. Yep. Mm-hmm. I agree. Ooh, he, Very nice. He's tasty. Like melted butter on corn. Tasty. Melted yeah, no, butter butters. Corn. Now, everyone's saying Darcy and I've said Darcy, but I don't want a heart attack. My cholesterol no. levels and my arteries are already hardening from the last two weeks. I, D- I just, look, you know what, Um, medical, kind of medical question. Which leg is is the crap leg for Darcy? You His know? left leg. His left leg. Which crap leg is Marshall's leg? It's his left leg, isn't it? Ah, oh, see, so can you just pretend it's his right? His right I leg. This, yeah, yeah. Let's just say right, because this is three a.m. Emily. Just to give you a bit of a duck, you just put both of them in like a machine, right? And then just combine them together and put their two good legs <laughs> together, right? They would be. The most amazing ruckman slash forward you can imagine, right? Yeah. Two healthy legs. I don't think because the whole thing is like, oh, you, know, you need Darcy to start. Darcy, you need Marshall. Well, Marshall has one leg. Darcy yeah. has one leg. Yeah. To use Siri voice, do not start either of them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> avoid Marshall and Darcy. Like, just avoid. No, like you just can't do it. Um, so I don't know who I want. And Grundy and Gorn aren't really something's NQ. I mean, we know what's happening with, with Gorn. Jackson's taking more time. Yeah. What is happening with Grundy? That's a great question. I wish I had an answer for you. But I've got no idea. Because I just reckon he's losing interest or something. Mm. Like, you see, Collingwood have just, they've had a really crap year. And I think he's like, he's a an emotional guy. I reckon, he, I reckon he's just losing it. And we, I don't know if I can start. Who would you start if you had to start Gorn or Grundy? Who would you start? Honestly, I'd probably still start Grundy. Mm. That, 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 that's why it's, Ruckline is going to be super, super interesting in 2022. There's going to be a lot more flexibility. It's not as simple as just picking the two guys or picking a mid-pricer there. There are definite options, particularly if um, Rowan Marshall loses his DPP, which I don't think he will. Um, but if he does, he's you know he's another option um, that you know potentially ex- you know expands his repertoire next year and becomes a one ten plus. So um, the the choices are going to be super super interesting. Uh, the last thing that I do want to touch on, M, we've talked a lot about super coach. Um, we've talked a lot about this decisions and stuff you make and your strategies and, and philosophies. I guess I just want to know from your side of things. What's it like? What's the emotional roller coaster like going into you know the last twenty four hours where you may have it wrapped up, you may not have it wrapped up? Did you, was it a sleepless night? Was it another rabbit hole until three a.m.? What was it like? 
Well, I think you actually know what it's like, Jesus. I think you might experience experienced 95% of what I experienced. Um, I woke up at 3 a.m. and I've never had an anxiety attack and I think I had the closest to an anxiety attack I've ever had. Like, I just thought I was suffocating mm. and I just couldn't. And I'm like, you've, you've screwed it up. You've lost it. I'm like, you should have got lawyer, you should have done this. And because I I needed, Zeeble had lost money and I could not afford Zeeble to Marshall and I could not afford Zeeble to Crisp and I couldn't afford, um, so obviously Lloyd had played. But So a decision had been made for me. So I was literally left with Hind or Stringer. And um, so number four had Hind. And he, I know he was going to captain Parrish. There was a hint that he could have almost maybe caught up, maybe. So then I'm like, well, maybe we should have gone high. And I'm like, they weren't really inspiring choices. And I just wish I could have just afforded Marshall or been able to get Marshall because that would have just been a nail in the coffin. I would have won if I, from the start, if I had Marshall. Anyway, I was an absolute wreck. When I actually was about to win, Nico, um, some super coach data, he kept sending me all. Um, he was he was an amazing. He's amazing. He actually asked me permission to make um, about the stringer trade to actually release that information. He actually asked me before he did that, and then he wanted my permission to say, "I'm going to call it that you've won," and I kept telling him not to, and I didn't understand the maths that he was sending me. I actually didn't understand the graphs the graphs that he was sending. My brain had stopped working. So he told me that that Hines needed a score of 50 in the last quarter, Crisp needed a score 50 in the quarter, and Parrish needed a score 50 in one quarter. And I said, no, don't release it yet. It's not. I'm still not sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then I'm like, hang on break it down to me. And I literally said, I'm usually good with numbers. And he goes, obviously. <laughs> but I, my brain, I literally had, my brain had stopped working and I was just, oh man. And then Stringer, yeah. And then it was done. And then I actually scored 35 more points than number four. Anyway, I was worrying about nothing. Anyway, Nico, number two, Stevie, he, he said, the number two team, he told me to have a champagne breakfast and I should have listened to him. He was. He had more confidence in you than you did. Absolutely, I did. Um, can I just say though, there was a rush trading in Stringer that I've never felt before. There was like <laughs> rush. It, it really the package. I tell you what. No, seriously, there was something about it. Like Hind just wasn't really interesting, as Tim Mitchell said. He goes, it was a bit of a boring pick, but Stringer, you know, he could have scored fourteen, but. He could have scored 176. So I know it's very weird. It's kind of like a weird last pick, but um, you don't hate me for it, do you? No, absolutely not. And look, I, I see your reasoning behind it. If if for some reason the scores were close, it's worth going for someone that could get you across the line with 150, 160, as he has done this year in the form that he's in, uh, as opposed to Hind, who's just you know a really solid anywhere from eighty to one ten, depending on mm. um, any given week. So I, I totally follow that. Um, it was very very early on in the week that I got the Hind or Stringer question mark. It was on the Thursday night we were doing that query. So you you you're ahead of. Let me just say you were a couple moves ahead of where you needed to be very early on in the week, and I think that's a testament to how your team has gone across this year. As, as much as you like to paint the picture that it's all a big rush right at the end. Everything is kind of thought out. You've weighed a lot of uh, you know pros and cons, and I think that's some uh, you know a lot of coaches can can take solace in that um, the amount of time that you spend kind of uh, problem solving your team early on in the week pays dividends when it gets to the end of the week because it's not Friday night an hour before lockout and you sit down and go, okay, what am I going to do this week? Having the uh, you know the ability to try and get those plans in place early on, I think, has been really helpful for you this year. Do you want to tell everyone what your response was to that message? <laughs> I think I just wrote, ew. <laughs> Why? <laughs> and you're like, helpful. <laughs> and I was like, I literally, and you were just in a, such a crazy, hyperactive mood. Yeah. Um, and I literally said to you, like, you were, you were, and I'm like, I don't know if you're being unhelpful, really helpful. And you're like, I think I'm being unhelpful. But no, literally, you actually were really helpful because 
you brought me out of this really ah Thursday night when I texted you that when I I mentally lost it. Yeah. I I literally lost it, and um, actually your silliness actually brought me out of my funk, so that was helpful. Actually, hold on. As a joke, I told you to trade in Dev Smith. You did. <laughs> you the did week he goes like one fifty. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I thought you'd bring that up. I did. I, t- I only just remembered reading it now. And oh, then I kept great. looking at going. I should have listened to Jason. <laughs> Mate, <laughs> e- e- even when I'm being stupid, I'm, I'm sometimes right. Um, and thank you so much for spending a generous amount of time and. and detailing how your 2021 year went just to think 12 months ago it, it took us about two months to convince you to record a bbl Supercoach podcast with us and now you're the queen of the microphone and everyone wants to hear from you so i really appreciate you sitting down and spending some time with me oh no problem it's been really fun all right uh if they want to find you on twitter what's your handle my handle is Supercoach mama at each else each all right Thanks very much, community. Thanks for listening. We'll have more of these episodes as the week goes on. Thanks once again to M, and uh, I hope you enjoy the next few months until you get reset back to zero, just like the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. yeah <that'd> be fun. <laughs> All right, community. Catch you later. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 